0: Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. I want to just uh, share a little bit with you this morning. What time is it? Uh, that's 5 after 11. We'll get you out of here at 10 after 11. Larry, what was that? It's, it's, uh, no, okay. Praise the Lord. I want to go this morning and talk really just for a little bit about the simplicity of Christmas. Uh, it, it is really a simple, simple thing, isn't it? The God of the universe. <laughs> Think about it. The God of the universe came to this earth to give us life, uh, to die on the cross for our sins, and uh, it, it's a marvelous, marvelous story, which is a true story. Uh, last Wednesday, I taught in the in the Wednesday night uh, class about uh, uh, the Virgin Birth. And uh, it was amazing to me as I'd done a, a study on the virgin birth uh, and what people are thinking around about our country and our world. It was, it was funny to, to know that among clergy, we're not talking about just you know people that go to church and things such as this clergy, people that are supposed to stand up here and preach the truth, uh, about 46% of them did not believe in the virgin birth. Uh, And they said it's irrelevant to our salvation, it's irrelevant to whether you can get to heaven or not, the virgin birth of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. I don't think they understood what took place in this wonderful, wonderful outpouring of the love of the Lord on our hearts and our lives. Without the blood of the Father coursing through the veins of Jesus, you and I would be lost in our sins. There would be no way that we're, any of us are going to go to heaven. Uh, and so it's because of this wonderful blood of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ that is, is, is the Father's blood. Uh, whenever he died, uh, you remember he rose again the third day, and the uh, ladies were waiting for him, and they were going to hug him. Uh, they saw him raised from the dead. And, he, and if you remember the scripture, he said, Oh, don't touch me yet. Uh, I have not ascended to my Father. And uh, at, at some time between then and uh, later on when he met with the disciples, he ascended to his Father. And there in, in the heavenlies, there's a real mercy seat. Uh, you know, Moses was instructed on making a mercy seat down here, uh, uh, sort of after the, what it looked like in heaven. But uh, Jesus went up into the mercy seat and took uh, the blood that he had spilt and he put it on the mercy seat, and he said, Father, is this good enough for the salvation of John Dodd? You know, and uh, the father looked at it and said, yes. You know why? Because it is the Father's blood. And so, again, all of this uh, time frame from the birth of Jesus, uh, the miraculous conception, and, and him, uh, him being born uh, without sin all the way to the cross and beyond, Uh, I want to tell you, God has done us a great, great, great service uh, this year. Uh, But in John chapter 1, verse 10 through 13, it says this. He was in the world, we know that. And though the world was made through him or by him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet... To all that do receive him, to those that believe on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born by natural descent, nor of human decision, or by a husband's will, but born of God. Today you don't have to be born into the right family to go to heaven. You have to know the right person, and that's Jesus Christ as the personal Savior and Lord. It is amazing that simple things sometimes are, are made very difficult. Do uh, uh, you, you remember getting saved and, and when you started sort of reading the Bible? Wow. You know, especially if you got back into the begats and you, you got into all the laws and you got into all that stuff. It seems so uh, complicated and it just about blow your mind uh, thinking about studying all of this stuff there in the Word of God. But uh, I, I actually... It's even funny today, I've done this for a long, long, long time, but there's some of the names and the, and the things in the Old Testament that you go, yeah, because you, know, you don't want to try to blow it. And so you just try to pronounce them the best way you can, because that's how the Bible is, sort of a challenge. Well, I want to tell you that God has given us a hope for the future. There's a few things that I just read to you that I want you to know about today. First of all is this. That Jesus being here on earth is a fact of history. Christ was in the world. And, and I, as I've been through 40 years of pastoring, I've had people come to me and say, oh, well, we don't know that Jesus actually existed. We don't know anything about him. He's in this Bible that somebody made up, and, uh, you know, it's not real. There's more proof that Jesus is real in history than there is that uh, some of the big people you think are real. Some of the big people of history. And you go, oh, uh, you know, if these people are real. Jesus is not real. Th- there's Josephus, uh, one of the great historians that, that has done studies of, uh, of, of history and written about history. Jesus is spoken of in, in his history. Uh, all kinds of re- uh, uh, connections to him. The fact of history is Jesus was born. And he was here among us, uh, just like the Word of God says. Secondly, there's a truth of history. The world was made through him or by him. I would have loved to have been at the very beginning of the making of this world where the, the Godhead, the Father's and the Holy Ghost, all got together and says, We're gonna make this uh, universe and we're gonna, yes, He made the universe, people. Let's make the universe and let's make man in our own image. Let's do all these things. Uh, and, and the Father thought of it, Jesus spoke it, uh, and the Holy Spirit made it. Uh, and so again, the world, everything we know was made by Him and through Him. Things we don't even know about. I love it that uh, in the Old Testament it talks about uh, uh, God's whisper. And it says that God's whisper is stronger than the biggest explosion, the greatest uh, uh, tremor in the world. It is incredible. Just the whisper of God is so, so, so powerful. He created all that we can see or know. And the tragedy of history, as I just read to you, is that the world did not receive him. Now, I don't, I don't blame the Jews or the people back then for not receiving Christ. You know, we think that if we were back there, we would say, Oh, yeah, I would have done differently. Well, how long did it take you to get saved? How long did it take you to come to Jesus? How long did it take you to believe in the God of the universe? It sometimes takes a while. And the people there were taught and trained certain ways. You're a Jew. You have to do Jewish things. You have to do festivals and all these things. And Jesus comes along and says, no, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can't come to the Father but by me. But we've been coming to the Father for years and years and years through, you know, a feast and uh, and and, uh, and sacrifices and all the things we've done in the past and he says no it's through me now the tragedy of history and we can blame whoever, whoever we want to blame but it is that they did not receive him but the fact of the matter is it's been told for years and years and years that Jesus was coming Thirty-three years Jesus was here on this earth. For three years he started a public ministry. And in three years he went around healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding literally thousands and thousands of people. He was not born of man. Matter of fact, if you go into the Old Testament, and I, I shared this when I was doing the virgin birth, you go in the Old Testament and you find out the children that was born to Abraham were the seed of Abraham, or the seed of King David, or the seed of this, the seed of that. He was not the seed of Joseph. He was the seed of Mary and the seed of our living God, where God says, I will encompass a child within a a woman. Think about this. She did not become pregnant like we all think about pregnancy. God of the universe took Jesus uh, and, and encompassed him uh, and, and, and put his blood and his spirit in him and put him in this womb uh, of Mary's. And Mary's carried that, that, that child until she had the baby. Yes, he was uh, flesh and blood, but he was all God as he was first of all just placed in that womb, you and I are just amazed today, or we should be, at what God has done. Now, I, I can't prove this by Scripture, but, but it's been something that's been on my mind forever and ever and ever. And when Jesus came, he was born in the manger, and, and he rose from the, uh, the dead. Uh, he, he appeared to his disciples in this room, and they're, they're going, this is a ghost He's a ghost, and, and oh no, and then Jesus says, no, 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 come feel me, touch me, and see if it's not me. Well, they finally got brave enough, they came over and they touched Jesus, and sure enough, he had uh, uh, flesh and blood, if you will, uh, he had substance. Uh, and they recognized that this was the resurrected Jesus that had his, that had his glorified body. And I've always wondered if Jesus has given up for all eternity future a little bit of what he was in eternity past. Because he was not in a body in eternity past. Whenever he died on that cross, when he was born actually in, in the manger, he took upon himself our likeness and, and our humanity in the sense that I think in heaven right now that Jesus looks a lot like us. Now, he is God but he was born into flesh, and he's got that resurrected body that you and I are going to have someday. There's a story that was told years and years and years ago, uh, and if you want to look it up, you can look it up later and read the whole deal. It's called The Visited Planet. Anybody ever read The Visited Planet? No? Look it up later on. I'm going to give you the gist of it. J.P. Phillips wrote this poem, if you will, or this piece, and it imagines a conversation between a senior angel and a junior angel. Now, don't get me on technicalities. I know there's not junior and senior angels necessarily. But the junior angel and a senior angel uh, was, was hovering around Earth. The junior angel said, Hey, what is the deal with this, this, this ball that's floating out here with all these people on it? And the senior angel says, This is the visited planet. He said, you mean visited by God? Yes. Got visited by God. That is why this very small, insignificant ball floating in air is so important because the Prince of Glory has went down and visited this planet. Well, the junior angel, uh, he sort of wrinkled in disgust. He says, do you mean to tell me that he stooped so low? As to become one of those creeping, crawling creatures on that floating ball. Senior angel says, I do, but I wouldn't call them that if I was you with that attitude. God may not like it. He said, Why do they, they love him so much? And the, the senior angel went into why. And then he gets down as you read the story about how they did not, just what I was reading to you this morning, they did not receive him. They killed him. And the, and the junior angel says, well, those fools, how can they act this way? And the, and the senior angel stopped him in his tracks. He says, we don't know why God loves this planet so much. And matter of fact, if you read the Scriptures, you find out that the, uh, the, the angels look in why this? Why we are loved so much? They really have. The Bible says so. They peer into our deals and what in the world? Here was two supposed angels looking in and going, "Why, why these people killed the master? They killed the the, the Lord of glory, but yet they still get to have uh, mercy. They still get to get." joy and peace and forgiveness of sin i don't know about you but i don't understand why in the world god loves me so you thought i was going to say all of you i have no how many is worthy of the love of christ i'm not how many blows it occasionally in life And sometimes we blow it in the same manner every time we turn around. It's not something new all the time. Now, whenever we get done blowing it, we always come back to the Lord and say, Oh, Lord, I'll never do that again. Have you ever said that to God? Well, you are lying right off the bat when you said it to him. But here is this uh, these angels hovering around uh, 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 the planet Earth wanting to know why in the world does this planet and these people get so much love and compassion and forgiveness and care? I don't know either why that happens. I think that uh, Christmas has sort of become the C word in our day and age. Now, where we come from, uh, smaller communities, uh, some, you know, you can say Merry Christmas, but it's basically all went over to Happy Holidays or, you know, this and this. Christmas is not supposed to be spoken of uh, in polite conversations around, you know, polite people. And we come to this place, we know that Christmas is an incredible, incredible, incredible time of year. Now, I know that I don't believe, I should say, I don't believe Jesus was born in the fall in December, uh, uh, the angels uh, came, all those people, but we had the uh, shepherds uh, in the fields watching their flocks by night. I'm sure they, it wasn't, you know, 28 degrees and snowing uh, out there. And so I, I know that that probably wasn't the case. But we celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord in this time frame. But yet uh, the world is going, no, we don't want to do this. Uh, we've taken uh, you know, Christmas out of schools and taken Christmas out of uh, 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 stores and all these kind of things. And it sort of comes to that point where we go, wow, I want Christmas to be Christmas. I want to share the word of God during Christmas time that he was born on this world and he walked among us. He uh, uh, loved us and cared for us. He died for us. Again, the scripture I read to you, he came to his own, his own received him not. What a deal. It took some astronomers from over in Persia to look at a light in the the sky and go, wow, what is that all about? I think there's a king born. They they weren't Jews. They didn't know anything about Christ. And and the thing that floors me is they come all of this way, and they're trying to find where Jesus was supposed to be born. And you know the story as well as I do. They go to the religious leaders. They go to the temple. Hey, guys, hey, where is this Jesus supposed to be born? They flip open the books, flip it. Okay, yeah, Bethlehem, right down there. Uh, Why don't you just go check it out? If I thought the God of the universe, my Messiah, was supposed to be born, and they're saying He's here now, I think I would have taken a little opportunity to go down there and see if that was indeed Him. They didn't even care to go. Matter of fact, they told the wise uh, men, "Look, if you if you happen to find somebody, you know, uh, come back and see us, you know, and tell us about it." It is amazing that the poorest people on the planet, which was shepherds, they, uh, they were sort of despised. They were the ones it was revealed to, and they came and worshipped. It was wise men from another province and different place ha- happened to come because they saw the star. It is amazing to me, and let me just read you some names if I will. Moses said, he's coming. David said, he's coming. Isaiah, Jeremiah Daniel, Micah, Zechariah, Malachi, and every book, every chapter, every page of the Old Testament testifies that one truth is true, he is coming. Now, I don't know why people uh, that in his day and age wouldn't have looked it up. Well, you know, the deal is Jesus is coming again for us, and a lot of people don't look into that. Jesus could come today. How many ready for Jesus to come today? Ah, if you're not, you need to get ready before you head home today. Because Jesus could come today. But you know what the deal is? Even in that portion of Scripture where he said his own received him not, it does go on and say, but those who did believe in him, that did confess him, that did want him, received him. It's amazing how Jesus just walked around on this earth and he collected some uh, uh, disciples and he collected people. And, but after uh, you know, feeding thousands of people and, and healing and raising the dead uh, in the upper room before he went back to his father, there was only 120 up there. Out of everybody that, that came around him and was touched by him, only 120 made it to the upper room where they waited on the formation of the, uh, of the, the church, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And here they were, 120 uh, uh, among thousands and thousands of people. It's no different today than it was back then. We are here today. Maybe 150. I don't know what we got here today. But I want to tell you, there are tons of people out there that need to know Jesus rose from the dead. Came in in virgin form and and walked among us and lived a perfect life. Because, see, you know, there's people that's wanting to uh, get rid of the supernatural in church and in the Word of God. I I told uh, Wednesday night, I said, yeah, I heard some guy write one time that whenever the children of Israel came across the Red Sea, and of course, you know, the the Bible says the waters were backed up and they walked across on dry ground. And he says, well, that's not true. That didn't happen. Uh, They just walked across because it was drier, maybe two or three inches of water. I'm going, okay, if they would have walked over on pretty pretty just dry land because there was no water there, I think a greater miracle has taken place that all of the armies of Egypt drowned in two inches of water. I, I, I'm just scratching my head going, okay, which one's the greater miracle? Uh, God pushing back the waters and letting you go across on dry ground or drowning a whole army of, of trained fighters uh, in a couple inches of water. The Word of God is supernatural. You were born in a supernatural way. I remember the day that I got saved, and whenever I was pastoring here, I told you this. I was sitting about three-fourths of the way back. Uh, On the right-hand side, there's a little shotgun church, Uh, and I remember I was about 15 years old, Uh, uh, and again, I've told you my pastor was famous. He was absolutely famous for hanging you over hell. You ever been hung over hell? Oh, my goodness, By the time he got done preaching, especially on Sunday evening, you could swear that your feet was on fire. And you needed to run down there and get saved, you know, and come to Jesus. But I remember one time when I was 15, the the Word of God spoke and and, and the Holy Spirit uh, dealt with me. And I came down and received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And you say, well, you came through a little. No, it was supernatural. A supernatural change. Now, I'm still just John Dodd and I make tons of mistakes, but I want to tell you the supernatural transformation that day. Done a job. Oh my goodness. I, you know, people asked uh, uh, Chris on the video a uh, question, do you believe in uh, eternal security or not? And he gave a decent answer for it. And I, I want to tell you, I believe people can do away with their salvation you know, by their choice. But I want to tell you, I am secure. (laughs) I am secure in Jesus Christ because I want him. I desire him. I want him to continue to deal with me, love me, care for me. That's what he came to the earth to do. These disciples, these disciples were sometimes crazy guys. Seriously, we think we have problems. Uh, you should have ran around with the disciples. They were always doing dumb things, uh, uh, you know. And generally, it was Peter, the big mouth of the group, uh, you know, jumping out and saying things and doing things and proclaiming things. Uh, and Jesus, said, one time, get behind me, Satan. You know, it was that bad. But he loved people. Aren't you glad the Lord? Loves you. Seriously. On this Christmas wonderful day, wow, those that believe in him can become the children of God. I want to tell you I am a child of God. Do I look like one this morning? I don't know. I am a child of God. Not because I was born that way. Matter of fact, I was born a sinner. I was born, born and shaped in iniquity. But yet I found Christ one day and said, I want you to be my Lord and my master. And he did that. He changed my life forever. And someday I'm going to die away uh, and I'm going to go to heaven. You say, oh, pastor, you can't know that you're going to go to heaven. Let me think about that for a second. His spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am right now at this very moment a child of God. And his spirit bears witness with me right now that if I would have the big one fall over dead, I hope that you would mourn me about at least a couple hours maybe, I don't know. But don't mourn too long because I'm with the Lord. Those that receive him. So the news is not always bad. News is not always a terrible thing. And sometimes in churches, you know, our preaching and our teaching uh, that goes on. It's all the bad things of the world. But there's a world out there that needs Jesus Christ. There's a story I would like to close with. I was thinking about the Christmas program by the kids, and this one came to mind. There was a young boy that was given a big part in the Christmas pageant. How many remembers when your kid finally, after all the years in Christmas pageants, had their first speaking part? Oh, it is so exciting. Little old junior's up there and he's going to say something. Ah! Generally, you can't hear him say anything anyway, but they got a speaking part. Well, this year, he had a speaking part, and he was the innkeeper. He was the innkeeper. And he was the one that was supposed to turn Mary and Joseph away. He practiced, and he practiced, and he practiced. His words were, no, be gone. That's what he was supposed to say. And so all of a sudden, here come, you know, the crowd on the stage, and here comes Mary and Joseph going through the crowd, and and they come up to the the end uh, uh, where the the little kid is behind the door, and and they start pounding on the door. The kid's heart is going to bust out of his chest. Uh, He doesn't know what to do, Uh, and all of a sudden, he remembers, okay, no, be gone. That's what I got to say. He swings open the door, uh, and there is uh, Joseph and Mary, and Joseph is telling him, look, my wife is pregnant and we have no place to sleep uh, and we have no place to stay tonight can we please do you have any room in your inn and the brave young boy said no be gone but here's where it got a little interesting the kid forgot to shut the door and walk away and so Mary and Joseph started walking away looking dejected Kid stood there for a while And says, wait a minute, wait a minute, come back. You can have my room. You can have my room. And uh, there were some in the congregation that said, oh my goodness, the Christmas pageant is ruined. Other people said it's the greatest Christmas pageant they'd ever seen. You say, what is it all about? Well, we don't have a door that Jesus is going to walk through today necessarily. But we have the door of our heart, and we just have to do what that kid did. You open the door, and you might say to Jesus, Jesus, go away. I don't don't need you. Don't let him walk too far away. Say to him, no, come to my house, to my room. It is what is in your heart. We've all seen the picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking. It's a real door and it's a real picture and all that kind of stuff. But what he's really doing is he's knocking on our hearts. And he's saying, can I come in? And you can say to the Lord, Lord, there's no room for you in here. Don't need you, don't want you, no room. I got my own things to do. Or this Christmas season, you can say, no, 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 don't walk away. Come. You can have this room. You can have my room. And if you do that today, guess what? The Lord said he will enter in. He'll sup with you. That's the King James uh, version. That means he'll come in and eat with you. He'll have fellowship with you. He'll live in you. The Holy Spirit, the God of the universe that's in in spirit form, lives in me today. Because one day in my life I said, Lord, don't walk away. I'm not going to turn you away. I want you to come into my room. I think the kid helped the Christmas pageant. No, don't walk away. You can have my room. I know that's not what the Bible says. But what a deal for the kid to look and see Jesus walking away. Mary and Joseph, you can come. You can have my room. Today, I want you, if you haven't already, to find Jesus in your room, in your life. Oh, you, you could be here today and have never received Christ. Because, you know, you do have Christmas and Easter people. Well, it's Christmas, let's go to church. Let's Easter, let's go to church. Yeah, okay, okay. Jesus wants you an everyday Christian. He wants to come in and live among you. Do for you what no one else can do for you. Do you believe that? The Lord can do for you what no one else can do for you. He can save your soul. He can transport you someday into the very heavens. There's a mansion in heaven with my name on it. Seriously. There's a mansion in heaven with my name on it. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us that in my father's house, there's one house or many mansions. I'm going to be, have my own mansion in his house. And it's something wonderful about just having children that you, you know, they're, they're your birth and you don't get to pick and choose them. I, I've known people that adopted. Bless your, bless your heart. I mean, adopting kids has to be an incredible feat of love. And so Jesus adopted us. He says, you're it. You're it. Come. Come on in. You can come into my house someday. Could be today, the trumpet call of God. Or we could die sometime today and go to be with the Lord or be rejected from him. Be like the little kid and say, Jesus, you can have my room. Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. There is absolutely nobody like you. There's nobody that loves us like you love us. Nobody that cares for us, Lord God, like you care for us. Father, bless this people this morning. Minister every need, Lord God, that they have. Lord, we need you, Lord God, like never before. Lord God, make Christmas and the ideals of Christmas and the truths of Christmas real to our hearts and real to our lives. Lord, you're a great God, a glorious Lord. The heads bowed just for a moment. You would say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I've never asked Him to come into my heart and my life, and I want to do that today. Just by an upraised hand, you'd say, that's me. I want Jesus for the first time, maybe. For the first time, I need to invite Jesus to come into my heart and my life, take up room with me. Anybody, very, very quickly. Thank you, Lord. I'd like for the uh, elders to come. I told you I do this every single time that I'm a pastor somewhere. I believe in praying for people that have needs. You're here today because of needs, because of wanting to worship God, and you've come sometimes with things in your life that needs taken care of. And whenever I say elders, board members, you're part of elders too as far as I'm concerned, so you can come anytime you want. If you have a need today, I don't care whether it's for physical healing. You have a loved one that needs to know Jesus. You're just having a tough time during this Christmas time because I, I know that holidays are tough. Holidays can be tough. My dad died on Thanksgiving Day. So I know how people feel. Like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so, my, my loved ones. I want to tell you, Thanksgiving for me is a rejoicing time, though. Uh, He he wished that all of his children would come home for Thanksgiving, and they came home for Thanksgiving, and he died that evening. Yeehaw. That's beautiful. But, you know, not everyone has that kind of story. You have a need that you want to bring before the Lord. They're going to come and play here something just in a moment. But if you have a need, I just want you to stand and come, present yourself, let the brothers uh, pray for you, encourage you, and, and, and pray over you. Amen. Anybody, very quickly, you have a need. Thank you, Jesus. We'll wait just for a couple minutes, and then we're going to close. Thank you, Lord. Anybody, very quickly, you just say, "Just I just have a need this morning. I'd like to bring to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Very, very quickly. Thank you, Jesus. wait just a moment longer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give you praise, Lord. Give you glory, Lord. Anybody else very quickly before we close in prayer? Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I love you, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to delay the service. We're just... Trying to give some opportunity. Anybody else? Very quickly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. This Wednesday and next Sunday, going to be having service next Sunday of course is Christmas Day and so we're going to be having a short service in here come if you want to come if you decide you have to be with family friends that's okay bless you amen so good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning I hope you have a marvelous marvelous Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Easter as we go on through the special times God's a great God, a glorious Lord. Amen. So this next week, Christmas, have a beautiful Christmas time together with family and friends. If you still need prayer around the altars, you're going to be welcome to come. If you're leaving, we're going to close in prayer and then let you go. Father, we again love you. We again thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to be born on this earth. Lord God, to walk among us. Yes, Lord, to walk among us, to be one of us. Let us rejoice during this season, Lord God. And we give you thanks and praise. Now bless this people as they get ready to leave. Let us, Lord God, go in joy and peace. And we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you haven't done this for a while, why don't you... Give somebody a handshake, a hug around the neck. Tell somebody you love them. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning.